Welcome to the Beach Catholic Podcast. Happy Easter, everybody. We've got a great show for you today. Uh, I think it's an appropriate time to uh, talk about this topic. And uh, we're going to be talking about the resurrection, what it means for our salvation, and uh, what we can do in our everyday lives uh, to take advantage of that. Um, As always, I've got my co-host with me, and that is Sean. Sean, how are you tonight? Yeah, I'm I'm doing good, Lorenz. Happy to be here again uh, after a couple of weeks off. But Hey, ready to get back at it here with you and Father Brian and Father James with us this week. Yeah, great. I mean, obviously a little different for us during these times, but uh, how did you spend your Easter? You know, I I was lucky that I was able to spend it with my parents at least, Um, but it it was very different as far as, you know, both my brothers were not around. Um, We didn't go over any family members' houses and for for just the three of us, it was great. But, um, you know, not being able to get to Mass was definitely one of the harder things. Uh, but, but thank God we have all this technology that we can still do online for the time being until we're able to get back to the sacrament. Um, yeah, how'd you spend yours, Lorenz? Uh, so as you know, I've, I've got my wife, I've got the two girls. Um, the oldest is three, so they're young. But uh, the, the one thing my oldest, Lainey, was looking forward to the most, and she's had her Easter dress in her closet for like the last three months. <laughs> like uh, my wife got it at Costco months ago, and she's been looking forward to it. So uh, I mean, we spent it here. Obviously, we did virtual mass, but we still got the girls dressed. Um, we drove over to my parents, drove over to my my wife's parents, and you know, obviously kept our distance. But uh, they they got to uh, at least see the girls in their dresses, and uh, maybe we'll save them for another occasion later in the year. You know, good for you guys because I was in sweats all day on Easter. <laughs> good. <laughs> I must get dressed up. That that sounds probably more like what everybody else was doing uh, during Easter. Well, you know, let me correct myself. They got dressed. I did not get dressed. They got dressed, not me. Um, but, uh, you know, like I said, we've got a great show. We're going to be diving into the topic very soon. Um, obviously, you're watching on either beachcatholic.com slash TV or facebook.com slash St. Mary of the Isle. Um, we want some questions that we can answer towards the end of the podcast. If you have a question, you can ask it in the comments below, or you can text your question into 516 516- Nine zero eight two two three four. Again, that phone number you can text your question to is five one six nine zero eight two two three four. But Sean, we got a couple of priests joining us today. As always, we have Father Brian. Father, how are you? I'm good, Lorenz. How you doing? Doing well. And a guest that's been on the podcast in the past, a couple years back. He's back on with us. We've got Father James Hansen. Father James, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm happy to be back. And I know, you know, last time I think you edited some of the stuff I said. So I like that we're live now. It's on the cuff. So you can't, you can't, you can't censor me. Well, you know what it was? You were a little too brutal with Father Brian. So I needed to cut that out to, to save the guy a little bit. But no, we're, we're all good now. Um, Father Brian, you know, Father Brian, I, don't, I don't really need you to be saving me. Okay. <laughs> I, I can handle yeah. that. I'll go easy on you. I'll go easy on you. All right. Uh, Joe, obviously our producer here. If it gets a little too crazy out here, just cut the feed if, if they're getting at, e- at each other too much. Um, but Father Brian, Father James, obviously um, a little different, little different Easter than you guys are used to. Um, you know, how'd you, how'd you guys handle it? Uh, you know, what was the feedback you were getting from parishioners? Um, just want to hear from you guys about your Easter. James, you want to go for it? Yeah, I mean, be honest with you, it was pretty terrible. I mean, it's it's like uh, not what Easter's supposed to be, and and it uh, you know we're doing live stream masses like everybody else is, but 
it's uh it's not the same and i think you could you could uh sense the frustration of not being able you stay optimistic and you uh you know you appreciate it and it is the best we can do but man not being able to celebrate the resurrection with the people uh it it was it was hard i, I pray god that never happens again yeah and father brian how was um same same reaction same, sentiment. same thing i mean we uh you know usually on easter sunday uh after you know, when you're done with the last mass, you know, I, I know here we we add a late a late morning or you know twelve thirty one o'clock afternoon mass. When that's done, um, you know that's that probably like the third mass of the of the morning. I usually eventually I, I go home and I'll kind of just pass out for an hour or two before I kind of come back and be pray family because I'm just kind of shot. It's exhausting because there's so so many people. The people. I mean, James, you said just. Uh, and this was the opposite, you know, there was almost no people. Um, so yeah, yeah, it was just, it was tough. It was tough. Um, you know, I, the upside, if, if you want to kind of see an upside maybe is, you know, it's like, I guess whenever like something is taken away, uh, that's normally always there. And oftentimes we, we take that for granted. Um, certainly I think we do it with people and, life circumstances in life where like you just you take it for granted and then it's gone you're like oh my god this is just i miss them so much or i miss whatever i had so much so i think we're all feeling that i think priests are feeling big time just missing missing the people and the energy and um it's weird because you you say mass and, and you come back uh, you'll just kind of do you'll do one mass and I'm, I'm strangely tired i'm like why am i tired and i think it's kind of like because you're you know, you just don't feed up. Normally, you feed people and the energy of people, and so it's just like a weird kind of tired. But yeah, I agree. Hopefully, hopefully that's the last Easter we'll ever have that way. I mean, maybe it's a conversation for another time. But I, I guess this is the first time I've actually put myself in your shoes, um, and how that is to say mass with nobody in the pews. That must be a you know, some something completely different. Um, but I'm looking at the comments right now in Facebook, and it looks like a couple of the viewers got dressed for Easter. So, Sean, maybe you and I are the only bums out here. So. Listen, listen. Good for them. That's great. Gives you a good reason to get up in the morning, I guess. I'll stick with my sweats. I was right. <laughs> Um, if you're watching on Facebook, um, there's a share button uh, just below uh, the feed. Uh, if you feel compelled to share it to your page and, and share it to people and they could watch live also. Um, in addition to that, like I said, you can uh, ask a question below. The topic we'll be talking about is resurrection and salvation. Um, you could ask a question or you could text your question to 516-908-2234. Uh, but Sean, the, this topic was actually your idea um you thought it was appropriate to talk about i, I wholeheartedly agree with you um but let's talk about why and, and let's uh let's dive in yeah well you know we talked a little bit about in the past couple podcasts we've done we've talked about suffering right um and that was while we were still going through land and obviously amid the, the ongoing crisis that we're facing with coronavirus and everything but now we're here in this season of easter um and now we ha kind of have this opportunity. Oh, the season of Easter, technically, I guess today is the last day or yesterday. But, um, but you know, moving forward now out of out of Easter, 
we're, we're celebrating the resurrection of Christ, right? That's what happens on Easter Sunday. And that is in the of our faith. Um, so I, I really wanted to spend some time talking with two great minds like Father Brian and Father James here um, and, and get into why that's important for us on a very personal level. Obviously, there's this whole like outside of us spiritual level that it, it has huge repercussions for. But also, what, what does it do for you? What does it do for me? Um, so we'll kind of get into all of that here in this conversation, hopefully. Now, you know, we'll try to hold off on the, on the virtual boxing match between Father Brian and Father James, but I'm going to go to Father James first with this question. And just very broadly, uh, however you want to answer this, what, what does the resurrection mean? Why, why did it have to happen? And what, did, uh, what does it mean that Jesus resurrected from the dead? Yeah, well, it's uh, the, the reason why he resurrects from the dead lines up really with um, why he had to die. So I think, you know, beforehand we were talking a little bit about, about why he has to die. And we, we, when we understand those points, then I think it makes sense why he has to be raised from the dead. So, you know, I think we know traditionally, like we say, he died to save us from our sins, the human race so that we wouldn't have to die. But it does a lot of other things too, like uh, his dying lets us not be afraid of death itself, right? So we don't fear death because we can. Sh- we believe that he's the head, we're the body, we're going to share in what he has. It shows that he, like his death shows that he really was man, that like he, 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 he was fully God, fully man, he died, he rose from the dead. So those feelings that we have, we don't have to be scared of because he shared in everything except sin. So he's going to, he's going to, he shares in everything we have, right? He, he lets us not be afraid of dying because he died for us. And he kind of, he sets the tone. And so why does he have to be raised from the dead? First off, it's divine justice. He humbled himself and God exalts him, right? Second, he, it's, he said he would do it. If we believe he's God, he kept saying, I'm going to die. And on the third day, I'll be raised up. So he did what he said he would do. And then ultimately, going back to that one that we know so well, is that he died for our sins. So he destroys evil by being raised from the dead. Um, and so those are just, you know, like those, those three points. Divine justice, he did what he said he was going to do, and he destroys evil by doing it. Oh, that's great. Father Brian, do you have anything else to add to that? You got any feedback there? Yeah, I, I think... Um the word that keeps pop popping into my head is victory. Um, that we win, we win, he wins because he wins, we win. Um, and I was watching this, uh, a couple couple of nights ago, watching TV. There was a, uh, I think it's like the biography channel or one of those sort of documentary channels. And it had a, it was like multiple hours of uh, these Kennedy documentaries on, on the Kennedy family. Um, different aspects of the family. And uh, one of them was on uh, like the Kennedy curse, they called it. And it was just highlighted over the course of an hour, tragic, like the tra- ridiculous tragedies that the, uh, the Kennedy family uh, experienced. Um, four, of, four of John F. John F. Kennedy and three of his siblings died suddenly and violently uh, before their parents. And then a whole lot more. Um, and it was an image, uh, this thing kind of struck me. It was, I think, in, it was after uh, Bobby Kennedy was killed, and it was a picture of Joseph Kennedy, the old man, who's the kind of started it all. He had had a stroke, 
years before, and he's on the porch in Hyannisport, and he's just this clearly feeble, limited guy shortly before he died. And he, you know, he just witnessed just an incredible tragedy. And this guy had power. He had power and money and influence, you know, wanted his sons to be president and, and just rule the world in a sense. And it's like, man, the, the guy with the with the, the most power and the most influence still still doesn't win at the end, win in the end. Like the one thing that kind of equalizes us is, is death, isn't it? Like rich guy, poor guy, powerful guy, insignificant guy, N nobody, they all die. No, nobody can dodge death. And that's what he does. And I mean, I just think it, it proves everything that went before him. Everything, like you said, James, that he said about himself. Um, I mean, it's the ultimate victory. No, no king, no, nobody before him ever did that. And I just think it, you know, that becomes the, that becomes the proof that becomes the evidence. So yeah. I was, I, I like what you're saying because my points, I was taken from uh, Thomas Aquinas and the Summa and he, he gives five points for why you have to die. And the fourth is, is why Jesus had to die is that by dying in the body to the likeness of sin, that is to its penalty, he might set, for us the example of dying to sin spiritually so it's like by christ dying in the body he shows us that by mastering the things of the world and trying to rule like you said like that's not the goal for us the goal is to die spiritually to self while we're on earth so that when we physically die we might reign with him i think it's awesome i remember when i was uh when i was in school in seminary uh it was probably yeah. It was probably my last year. We had this uh, real good course on uh, par you know pa pastoral counseling, kind of like intro to intro to counseling. And uh, the teacher was excellent. She's uh, Carolyn Yeager. She's a psychologist here in the diocese. Great, great woman. Great teacher. Great psychologist. And uh, I remember, she said to us uh, one of the things that she said. I really stood out. She said, "Don't don't ever tell people." It was sort of practical advice she was giving us. She said, "Don't ever tell people." You know how they, if somebody's going through something terrible and because of that, you've been kind of called in or you're, you're there as a priest, don't ever tell somebody that person, you know how they feel if you don't know how they feel. Um, Cause it's kind of, it's insulting and it's can even be like maybe enraging to the person. If you try to, um, or, or even if sometimes if you take like, uh, well, okay, what, what you're dealing with right now, I haven't experienced, but let me give you my, you know, my example. And it's, sometimes it is comparable, but a lot of times it's not. And specifically she said to us, because she was talking to a bunch of guys who were uh, about to be priests, she said, hey, none of you guys are ever going to have kids. Uh, so don't, and, and the loss of a child is uniquely horrific. Um, don't ever act like you know what that mother or father is going through. Don't ever act like you know the pain that they're experiencing because you don't, you know. Um, and I thought it was great advice. And um, and I think our instinct, everybody's, is like when something terrible happens, you wanna you wanna say something. Like you wanna you wanna say. I mean, how often do you go to a wake and somebody comes up to you know greet you on the line? Say something stupid. Like they say something in an attempt to be comforting. They just say something that's like kind of inane. It's not helpful at all. 
but they feel helpless, I think. And we, I think we all do. Like we want to, you want to help, you want to say something. Um, and I thought that was great advice. My reason for mentioning it is this, like Jesus, I think could say like, yeah, I know what you're going. There's really nothing when you look at, even just when we go back through a week and a half ago, the passion and Holy Thursday, Good Friday, like there's, Jesus is able to sort of break, break the rule that my professor warned us against because he did it and he lived it and he, you know, transcended it. And there's just power in that. It's funny you bring that up. Like every, you know, I've heard many times myself that Jesus coming to earth and going through what he went through really took on the entire, the entirety of human emotion, right? Um, he, he had all the joys, all the, all the sorrows, and including uh, included in that is not only um, death of himself, but he also got to experience what his, his mother seeing him getting tortured, right? Uh, like the sorrow that she shared in that. He got to experience his best friend or one of his best friends and Lazarus dying. And even though he brought him back to life, he still had to go through that sorrow. And we hear that he weeps there. So I think that it is a very like, kind of poignant point there where Jesus uh, did take on everything that humans undergo. And the resurrection was just one more step in that where he had to die in order to understand what we go through in that point of suffering. Um, real quick, before we keep going, I saw one of the comments on the Facebook there um, cor- corrected me in what I said about the Easter season having ended. Uh, I was mixing up Easter season with the Easter octave. Uh, so you were right. Uh, who, the, the woman who commented there that it does end uh, on Pentecost Sunday there. Um, but yeah, let's, let's move forward in the conversation here. Uh, now we've kind of approached the resurrection a little bit and kind of approached like how, how Jesus worked through that. Um, now say you're talking to a parishioner and, and I'll pass this off to whichever one of you wants to approach this question first, but say you're talking to a parishioner who, you know, wants to know like, what, what is, what did the resurrection do for me? Right. Uh, what did, what did that do for me as a Catholic and why should I even care about it? Actually, and, and I'm actually going to uh, say a follow-up question there to, to Father James. Um, you know, we, we talk about the resurrection, but as Catholics, you know, him dying on the cross isn't, isn't enough. You know, he did his part. He did, like, like you said perfectly, Father James, he said what he was going to do and he did his part. Um, but essentially, as Catholics, we need to do ours also. Um, a great analogy I've heard is, you know, if, if God forbid I was driving down the road and and I was reckless, and because of that, I, I drove into a post office, Father James, right? However, uh, I'm not going to do any jail time because uh, in this analogy, Jesus did the jail time for me, right? He did that part for me. However, I'm still going to need to pay up <laughs> in regards to paying for the damages and make sure I do right on my end. Um, so if, if a, somebody comes up to you, not a parishioner, maybe Protestant brother or sister, um, non-denominational comes up to you, Father James and says, Hey, listen, uh, are we talking about works, talking about sacraments? No, 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 no. Like, you know, Jesus dying on the cross, that, that was it. That, that's all we needed. And, and, and we're good to go as long as we keep the faith. What would you say to that, Father James? Yeah. You know, Lawrence, it's a good question. I mean, I would say we don't, I, I think we deal you know, up in this part of the country, we're dealing mostly with lapsed Catholics more than maybe like talking with uh, 
Protestant brothers and sisters. Um, but you know, that they're, they're, we're such a sacramental people. And so I would try to explain like, uh, someone, maybe I would go into talking about someone like Judas who, um, I'd probably go to the Judas and Peter example, you know, both is time of need and one asks for forgiveness and the other goes to kind of, uh, desolation. And, and, and so, you know, what's the difference? One asked for forgiveness and, and the other turned it closed in on himself and, you know, maybe that would be a leeway for the gift of uh, the sacrament of reconciliation. You know, talking about talking about the tangibility of the sacraments, like the the, the physical touch, and, and that's what we get with reconciliation. The continuation of what Christ did on the cross. So for us, you know, going to mass is presenting ourselves at Calvary. Christ isn't being crucified over and over again. He's crucified once and for all. But it's our actual participation in, in that, and so. So we're not just saved because we say, you know, save me, Lord Jesus. You know, like it, it doesn't work that way for us. It, it, it's faith and works. And so uh, we could we could choose to walk away from God. And, 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 you know, God, God will come back to us whenever we call him. But we can close ourselves off from him. Uh, the, is that sufficient? I don't know. I think uh, I think that was a great answer. If I, if I can speak for Lorenz there, too. Um, we did get, we just got a question sent in by a user and I want to bring it to Father Brian here. Um, kind of going off that same vein, um, but you know, it's slightly different, but just very simply, can non-Catholics go to heaven or do they have salvation offered to them? No, no, I'm kidding. They do. They do. Um, <laughs> scared me for a second there. Uh, yeah, yes, yes. Um, I think the, I think the, the question probably needs it needs to be nuanced a little bit more, but uh, you know, first of all, there are lots of there are lots of people who never knew Jesus, never you know weren't, weren't raised with a <clears throat> weren't taught about his life, weren't never experienced you know through faith and prayer um, who Jesus is. So I mean, to hold those people accountable would be. I think kind of ridiculous and, and unfair. Um, you know, I think when it gets a little more complicated, when somebody, um, re- well, this really wasn't the question, but like a rejection of Jesus and what does that mean? And how does that play out? Um, but I think the idea that, um, I mean, the church teaches this as well. That like, you know, Jesus is the only way to heaven is, is, not, is not what we believe. Jesus is the the truest way to heaven. Uh, he's the, the the if if practiced properly, I, I suspect he's the fastest way to heaven. But is um, those who don't those who don't have an experience of Jesus shouldn't be held accountable. Just think, what James? What do you say about that? I love you with all my heart. Is how I'm going to preface this. Uh, but he, he is the only way to heaven. Like, so we can't say there's another way to heaven. So he is the only way. And if someone does get to heaven, it's merited through Jesus, whether or not they knew that. So, um, I, and I think that's kind of what you meant. Um, so, you know, he is the salvation of the world, which, which means that you, you can't get to it. So if someone doesn't get taught about Jesus, 
but they follow their conscience and, and they obey the law, then they, they have the ability to get in. If someone recognizes that he's the savior, but doesn't do anything about it, then, then we would say, you know, that that's where you start getting into, to, to kind of mucky water. Like, uh, you might find yourself in trouble, but, um, you can get into heaven if you're not Catholic or Christian. Um, but Jesus is the only way you can get there. Does, does that make sense? Would you, you see what I'm saying? I don't know. I mean, uh, like I, 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 it seems like you've got, was that Buddha doesn't open a heaven, you know, like we like, yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. But Jesus is the only, he opens the gates for all people to be able to get in. Yeah. But there's the, the, the people, people can get to heaven. Can't they, who have never known Jesus? Uh, yes, yes, they can. But so like, why, are you, why, why are you giving Jesus? Him. Yeah, but you can't, aren't you kind of giving him credit when, like, how is it through him? Well, it's not like, it's not like, you know, like Jesus, Muhammad and Buddha are up there, like, you know, having cocktails and it's like, which one did you like, you know, like, it, it's owned by his death and his resurrection. He opens up heaven, the possibility of heaven right. to all, to right. all. So, so that means like, if you were a good, good, uh, good Buddhist, or if you were a good, you know, you could get there, but I'm not saying you can't get there, but Jesus is, Jesus is the only, he, he he's the only way you can't get to, you can't get to heaven except through Jesus, whether or not, you know, that is different, but it has to be through him. So then or let, let me, I, let me ask a, let me ask a follow-up question then. Right. And I'll ask, I'll ask the follow-up question. Cause I agree with you, father James, I'll ask a follow-up question to father Brian then. Right. Um, let's say that you are a Catholic. You've been taught about Jesus because you know, my understanding, and again, you have a better understanding than I do, but my understanding is, you know, if, if you, if you're a Catholic and, and you've been brought to know Jesus and you reject him, not only is there, you know, you reject him and you die. Not only are we talking about, you know, you don't have the ability uh, to receive salvation, but you're, you'll actually be held more accountable because you were, you got to know him and you rejected him. I mean, mm-hmm. what, what would you say about that? Well, yeah, I think, you know, more, more is expected of those who've been given more. Um, and I think, you, you know, I, I, that happens in life. Like we're held, you're held to a higher, higher accountability when, when you've been given more and when you're aware of more. Um, so I, I think that, I, yes, I, I, you know, I think I get a little, uh, I'm just not comfortable when we start and I'm not saying we're doing this. Um, but like when we start with kind of clarity and confidence talking about who's, who's going to heaven and who's not. And what's the, what's the, uh, the password you need this password to get in. And if you don't have it, you're not getting in. Like, I don't know. I just, uh, I don't really see the practical uh, value in it. And I could sometimes see the, the practical disvalue in it because it just can come across as, uh, We've got, we've got, we've got knowledge of things that I don't think we really quite do. Like you can believe strongly in something and not know a whole lot about it. That seems counterintuitive, but you can. Usually you don't. Usually when you really 
passionate about something and you believe strongly in something, usually you kind of know the facts and the details and the stats. Um, heaven, I think, is something that you know, we believe fundamentally in. A lot of the details. I, I, don't, I don't think we do. So when we start determining more than we know, you know I'm, not, I'm, not so, I'm not a fan of that. Yeah, you know, I, as far as uh, the whole conversation about, you know, other, other religions, other cultures, I know that some, some uh, you know, 20th century people like J.R.R. Tolkien or C.S. Lewis might say something along the lines of, you know, other cultures, other religions, there's a lot of truths in their philosophies or religions that are outside of Christianity. And that may be that they're picking up these kind of truths or half-truths just through natural law or whatever it may be, and they're incorporating them into their beliefs. And then Jesus came and, and, and gave us the fullness of truth. You know, he told us, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. And in a way, kind of paved the road to heaven for us, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I mean, I think, I don't, you know, just personally, I, I agree with Father Brian as far as we have no clue who goes and who doesn't go to heaven. Um, but Jesus did make it pretty clear that he is the one who, who makes that decision. And he, he uh, gives us kind of the blueprint for how to get there, I think. Absolutely. Totally. And, you know, this conversation has been great because this is the way we want it to go. Um, I think one of the big questions when we talk about heaven outside of what is heaven, which we really don't know. Um, you know, Father Hansen talked about Thomas Aquinas and he tells us that heaven is everyone just kind of falling in perfect worship of God. But outside of that, one of the big questions might be, how do I get to heaven? What does it mean? Like, what can I do in my life here in order for me to get to heaven? Um, Father Hansen, do you want to take a crack at that? Yeah, I, uh, you know, it's to, um, to not give up. I think that that would be like the one thing that I would say. I, I recently, I think, I, I don't know where I heard from it. it it might have been Bishop Barron or one of the other podcasts talked about, I think it was a, a, a Chinese doctor, you know, hundreds of years ago who was a Christian, but uh, got hurt, got addicted to opioids or, or something. And, and he was constantly uh, going back, he, you know, and, and he would go to confession and he wasn't receiving the Eucharist because he was, he kept turning back uh, to the medication, to the drugs and, and they didn't understand addiction that well, but, uh, you know, he's now a canonized saint. I wish I knew his name. If somebody knows it or looks, wants to look it up, they can type it in. But it's, it's like he's a canonized saint and he was addicted to drugs his entire life. And, and so, you know, to me, that's how you get to heaven is you don't give up. Like you, you, uh, you keep trying to follow him. Uh, and if you fall, you get back up, but you, you, ha you can't, you know, to get to heaven is you, uh, you gotta just keep, keep trying that, that, that would be my advice. Great. No, that's great advice. Father Brian, what do you, what do you think? What was the question again? Um, I was a little distracted by, um, uh, James, what's with that haircut? You, you, first of all, first of all, there's no way that haircut you got recently. So, you're breaking all sorts of social distancing. Whoa, whoa. And it looks like you've been, looks like you've been in a concentration camp for a while. Like what? Uh, okay. I, I just was so distracted by 
I'm going yeah, to cut you off there, Father. <laughs> Joe, well, this is what was, we were talking about. Joe, you got to cut the feed right now, 32 minutes in. Um, How about well, we go back to the question? <laughs> the, the haircut, yeah. As I'm looking in the – because now I can see myself. Yeah, it's a little buzzed on one side, a little bit crazy on the other side. You know what? It's the best that I could do. All right. Um, let's, just, let's just move on. Let's just move on. We, we don't really care that much. Well, uh, I didn't remember the question. <laughs> uh, the question originally was, what do I have to do to get to heaven life in order to get to heaven? You know, I think very practically, you know, what do I do? What do I avoid doing in order to get to heaven at the end of my life? Well, you know, if you um, say you had to uh, say you, you grew up as a kid and you played um, baseball and, you, you know, you played baseball for a bunch of years, maybe into high school. And then you stop playing and then 10, 15 years later, you, you have a kid or you're now coaching, you're coaching your kid's baseball team and you've never coached before. I mean, what are you, what are you probably going to do? You're probably going to go back and look at, think about like the best coach you had. You probably had 10 of them over the years. Some stunk and some were probably, you know, you would, you would have run through walls for them. And I'll bet just what we, we do this without even knowing it. instinctively. You're like, okay, I'm going to run a practice the way this guy ran a practice. And I'm going to, I'm going to try and lead and inspire the way this particular coach did. You know, he just, he got us to do things that probably objectively we didn't even, we really almost weren't capable of, but he got us to believe. Anyway. So it's like, I'm going to, I'm going to get a model and, and that's what I'm going to, that's, I'm going to just try and do the, what he or she did. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, isn't that really who, who Jesus is? How do I get to heaven? I got to model my life on his, um, you know, and it's, you know, I was, I was thinking, um, I was over it about a week and a half ago. I, I got a call to go anoint somebody at uh, South Nassau hospital, which is not too far from here on, on the on Long Island. And, uh, went in, went into the, just the lobby, which was like a ghost town and, it was just very creepy and, and uh, I was scared. I wasn't quite sure what I was walking into. Went to the desk, said, Hey, I, I, I need to come and anoint somebody. And they said to me, no, you, you can't go in there. And I said, well, I got a call from the chaplain here to, to go to the ER. And they were like, well, no, nobody, nobody's going in there other than the, the, the full-time chaplains. So anyway, they made a call to kind of clarify it. And the bottom line is I wasn't able to go and I'd left. I was just, the person ultimately was anointed, so I felt certainly good about that. But I was just thinking how how it was just so frightening. Like, and I didn't even—I wasn't there. I was in the lobby. But when I said to them, "I'd like to go anoint this person in the ER," the look on their faces were like, "Are you crazy?" It was like it sounded like it was hell. It sounded like what was going on, and I guess the ER was just was hellish. And Anyway, I drove home. He was a little relieved. I was like, geez, I mean, thank God. I, I was frightened at the thought of going in, but I more, more so I was just thinking about these poor people. Um, you know, and it's just like, okay, so if, when we're in hell, you know, when we're, when we're when going through just terrible times in life, and again, this is unique these days where you, you don't have to look far to, to come up with examples. Um, it goes back to like this, this model thing, like, he was the best coach. He was the one. He did it right. So, like, how do I endure my hell 
through him. Um, and in this case, I guess it's knowledge that he transcended it so that no matter the conclusion, whether we get out of the ER or not, or the person we love comes out of the ER or not, there's still victory you know, because of what happened uh, two days, three days after Good Friday. So him, I just think the end, ultimately it's him. It's modeling our lives after his. That, that gets us to heaven. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, very well said, Father. But I mean, just going back to going back to that ER, I mean, giving somebody their last rites, if that isn't a necessity, <laughs> you know, looking at necessary workers and, and people who need to be out, I, I honestly don't know what, what is. Obviously, I have a biased perspective on that, though. Um, but we've had some great conversation. I do. Um, I was talking to Sean. It looks like we have some great questions out there as well. Um, it's not too late to get your question in. If you have a last-minute question, uh, comment below, or you can text your question to 516-908-2234. Again, that phone number is 516-908-2234. Uh, Sean, if we want to uh, jump into questions. Yeah, well... Uh, number one, just based on looking at the comments, there's there's a lot of uh, thoughts and a lot of um, questions about you know who goes to heaven, who doesn't, and all that. That could honestly be an entire podcast episode on itself. Um, so we're unfortunately not going to be able to get into that too too much more. Um, but something that comes to mind, Father Brian, uh, if you want to take it, is you know we know that you know obviously there's heaven, and we know that God is merciful, and we hope to God that almost everybody gets to heaven. I mean, we would love if everybody got to heaven, but we do know that there's a hell. Jesus talks about that in, in scripture. So can you, can you just comment on hell might be and who that might be reserved for uh, if, if there are people going there? You want me to take this one? <laughs> oh, you, can, you can go ahead, Father Anson. <laughs> I'm talking to Father Brian. I was going to say something, but go for it. Yeah, no, you go first. I want well, you, you go first. I think, um, I don't know, I guess the, one of the words that I think of is the absence, like uh, hell is absence, like just you're, you're or in, in a apartness from, from God and from love, um, just like the, you know, the ultimately self-absorbed person. I mean, I, I, maybe on levels of... Uh, selfishness that's almost hard to even imagine. And we all know we can all be selfish and we all know selfish people. And I'm talking about people who have like just fundamentally kind of decided that all they care about is themselves. You know, it's, it's the kid in school who fails the class and has to go to summer school. Well, and the kid runs into the teacher uh, in on, in town, and the teacher's upset at the at the at the kid is upset at the teacher because you sent me to summer school. Well, no, I didn't send you to summer school. You sent yourself to summer school. You failed. You decided, you know, you weren't gonna uh, you weren't gonna do it. So the the decisions you made. Or what sent you to this place that you don't want to be? I mean, is is hell something like that? Where it's you know, does God even send us to hell, or do we does our do we send ourselves? Does does the life we live like does the the decisions like the especially in a in a, in a big picture? In a, I think more than an individual moment 
like looking at it in a larger sense, like the, the life I've lived, if it's largely uh, for myself, isn't the logical conclusion hell? I, I, we're going to bring it to Father James also, um, because I, I'd love to hear your perspective on it, Father. Um, I was 75% sure when Sean asked the question, who is hell reserved for? Just the way the conversation was going, 75% sure you were going to say Father James. I'm happy you didn't. So I want to hear Father James' perspective on that question as well. You're right, Lorenz. It's for Father Brian. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, it is for... Well, first off, I, I, I always use this when I try to teach about hell. Heaven would be hell for some people, right? Like uh, heaven would be hell for some people. So um, God gives us an invitation. And, you know, it's like all beautiful things in your life. Like uh, when you propose to your wife or, or when you, you know, when two people get married, it's always like, yes, you're giving me something. I'm receiving it and I want to give it back to you. It, that's the exchange. And so if we don't want to receive what he has to give to us, he's not going to force us to do it. And, and that, that would make him criminal. You know, uh, who is it? Christopher Hitchens. I, I love listening to the, uh, the new age atheists and, and Christopher Hitchens used to refer to God as a celestial dictator. And, you know, uh, you would see it that way if you didn't recognize the invitations, a beautiful invitation that sets you free. Um, but so, you know, who goes to hell? Well, you, you know, Christ is the judge and he will either, he will either welcome us into heaven or condemn us. And I include myself in that. I'm very aware that I, I'm still participating. You know, I, it's not, it, I don't know where I'm going, but I'm trying to cooperate. The word I would use is cooperate, not to earn it to work, but to cooperate. But yeah, I mean, hell is for those who refuse God's love and turn away from him. And, and he, he wouldn't, he, I don't know. Is, is What do you think? Like, you want to add to that? I, well, do you think, uh, James, do you think that, that uh, the church, like the old church, like the church before the council, uh, in the sixties, um, and the church before, way before the sixties was too, um, was too definitive. Like it was almost like math. Uh, what, you know, this, this action is equals hell. This actual action is, you know, sinful, but not as seriously sinful. So it doesn't warrant hell. Um, like it was just a little too concrete. I, I'm not, I'm not comfortable phrasing it that way or like, uh, I'm not, I would say that I am very comfortable with, if you die in the state of mortal sin, you go to hell. How God can forgive you, uh, is not limited to the sacrament of reconciliation. So if before you die, you somehow make a, uh, an act of, uh, of true repentance, then God can cooperate with that. So you know, I think, you know, what they acting out of fear, but cooperating with love. And that's the word I'm going to go with, you know, so instead it might've been like, you know, fear, fear, fear. If you don't, you'll go to hell, hell, hell. But now, like now we're kind of in such a difficult place and, and 
like you know i like i i would say that what we really would want to say is that it's it's cooperating with his love which, which is exactly what they were trying to teach but maybe in a very poor way right i mean i talk i people talk often i often hear people of a certain age a certain time older people will talk like it's constantly they'll reference being kids and Saturdays when they used to go to confession and how there would be like huge lines uh, on a Saturday afternoon where not just kids, but people would go to confession. Um, and, you know, as I, as I sort of critique or question the whole, uh, you know, mortal sin, like it's again, like it's an equation where it's like, like it's like, it's almost like mathematical. I mean, I'm, I'm, su I'm suspect of that, but you know, hearing people talk about when they were 15 years old and how they would go to confession on a regular basis, and lots of people did, and that, and how that impacted behavior, like people sinned less. There was <laughs> there was less sin. I I think you could probably argue, you know, in that in that, in, the, in the worlds of those people, like how is that not a good thing? So it's, I mean, there's. Like maybe you kind of said it, is how how we how we teach it how not we teach out of fear it. cooperating with love and and so like I don't I don't follow Jesus uh, primarily out of fear I follow him because I'm in love so you know but I still have a healthy fear of him because when I die he's gonna judge me so so I have a healthy fear but I act more out of love than out of fear. Way more out of love than out of fear. Mm -hmm. Just to, uh, to to jump in the conversation here, um, you know, we have some some people in the comments talking about you know the the, the line from First John, God is love, right? It's kind of lends to what you're saying there. Um, one of the questions that came, or at least it was a statement, but I think maybe better suited as a question here is, can we can we have heaven here? If we're experiencing love in life, does heaven have to be in the afterlife or can we have it here? Now, I, I know, you know, my own thoughts and I'm sure anybody you ask will have a different question, a different answer to that. So why don't you guys kind of address that question as well? Yeah. I mean, yeah. What do you want to say about it? Well, I mean, my favorite quote from St. Catherine of Siena is all the way to heaven is heaven itself for Jesus says, I am the way. So when we follow him down here, when we go to mass, when we do what he tells us to do, then uh, we really are, we are actually participating in heavenly realities. And we're experiencing pieces of heaven, not the fullness, but pieces of it. Yeah. I, so the answer is uh, yes, but not in its fullness. Yeah, I think I don't even know if I'd say, um, I mean, maybe it's kind of semantics here, but. I don't think I'd say it's this heaven, heaven is here. I think, uh, and you said not in its fullness. I mean, may, maybe another way of describe, uh, call using way of describing that is grace. Like I think when grace is when God sort of, um, intercepts our lives in unique, I think like tangible ways. What are you laughing at? Are you laughing at me? Um, I think like, like we down here, we've got, um, we're down by the beach and I'll talk to uh, sometimes guys who are surfers and they'll describe what it's like being out on the water, kind of like when they're out 
particularly when they're alone and when it's kind of calm and they're just sort of, they're out there. And uh, a lot of times they're like, you know, they're not too articulate in, in, in the description of it, but I think like, but, but they, what, what they definitely say is like, yeah, it's a very spiritual moment. Um, and I think that's like, that's grace. I think it's when, you know, when you, you know, you listen, you listen to a, the lyrics of a song and they kind of like, you heard the song 50 times before and on, on a 51, you, you heard something in it that you just didn't before. And it's awesome. And it's true. And it, you know, uh, I think the moments when absolutely like God's grace seizes our lives, but not, that's not really heaven though. Um, you know, but glimpses of it, like you said, or fullness of it, or we get, we get at least, we get at least a taste of it, but I mean, I, we don't, it's not here. You know, there's still imperfect humanity. There's imperfect us everywhere you go. Anyway. So, so let's, uh, let's end with one question here before we start to wrap up. But, um, you know, we've touched on a lot of topics here resurrection to afterlife to heaven and you know, heaven and hell included in that. So um, I want to, I want to focus on going forward for us and for all the people listening out there. Right. Um, if we're t- talking about Easter and the resurrection and you know, potentially probably the most important thing of our faith, what, I don't know, do you guys have suggestions or tips for, you know, taking that joy and hope, to other people in our lives. If you, if someone was asking, how can I share this joy and hope with people? Um, what, what, what might you recommend as the best way to do that? Well, um, you know, in these very strange days, I think it's um, maybe maybe an upside of this tough time is um, I think we, we it's probably a little bit easier to to bring up faith, maybe with people, uh, to, or to say something that you, that six weeks ago you wouldn't have said, like, you know, somebody today could say to you, yeah, the, the, um, the woman across the street from me is in very bad shape. And, um, and you can't believe it. You're stunned by it because she's not that old and you saw her two weeks ago and, and, and you might be inclined today to say, you know, I'll, I'll pray for her to maybe her son or her daughter. Like, and you might not have said that, or, but you might have been as, as, as comfortable saying that a couple of weeks ago as we are now. Like, I just think we've kind of been like humbled. You know, we're all feeling, we are all more, all more vulnerable. You know, last week I was at one of the holy hours, I think it was somewhere, I forget where I was, but I, was, I talked about like, like, we're just not in control. Like there's just sort of this collective acknowledgement that we are not calling the shots. And, and, and we probably always knew that, but I think less of us knew it. Or even if intellectually we knew it, we acted like we were more in control than we were. And this is just in a lot of ways brought us to our knees. Um, and that's maybe not a bad place to, to be, like to literally be, to be just more prayerful. Um, I mean, everybody, everybody is praying more now. Than they were six weeks ago, right? I mean, everybody's everybody's frightened in ways now, to varying degrees, but everybody I think is frightened in ways now that we just weren't. Whatever it was, I keep saying six weeks ago, whatever the time frame was. So, in that sort of collective, I don't know, vulnerability, isn't it probably a little bit easier 
to talk about faith. Um, you know, maybe in a conversation, say to somebody, yeah, this is so crazy. I, I can't get to church, but these online masses are kind of interesting. And it's, it's in some respects, they've been, they've been kind of powerful and you ought to, you ought to check it out. Like to just, I don't know, kind of evangelize, uh, through invitation. Um, I just have a feeling it, it will all be, much of it will be received a lot more readily now than six weeks ago. Oh, that's excellent. Father Hanson, anything to add to that? Yeah, I, I would, uh, I would say just to keep reaching out to people, you know, um, I, I like, uh, the other day I was having a terrible day and I got, uh, like a video message from a couple I married and baptized all their kids. And it was just one of the little girls singing at the table and, uh, totally, totally changed my mood. Like I was about to be depressed and, you know, and, and I watched her singing and it totally changed me around. So I think, uh, you know, in these times when we're in our houses a lot and we're stuck inside, when we reach out to other people, you know, in, in just a kind gesture, and just let them know we're thinking about them or, or whatever. Um, it can really uplift the spirits. So when we're inclined to go inward, to go outward. Oh, that's excellent. Um, guys, as much as I would love to keep this conversation going, I think we could for another hour or so because it's been awesome. Um, well, we are going to wrap it up for tonight. Um, as always, we're going to end with, uh, with final words, uh, your final thoughts on the topics on the topic that we spoke about, uh, whether it be resurrection, our salvation. Uh, but, uh, Sean, I'm actually going to go to you first, uh, for, for your final words on the evening. Yeah. I loved listening to father Brian and father James. Uh, I think, Kind of linking the last two points, I mean, two of the last points that we talked about, um, as far as experiencing heaven here on earth goes, um, along with that evangelization piece. I mean, Jesus came and he started establishing his kingdom here on earth, and he created the church and commissioned the apostles and first disciples to go and spread his word and message to the world. And a part of that is bringing him, who is the way, the truth, and the life, to heaven to the, the rest of the world, right? Um, and thank God they did a really good job of that. And we're all here and, you know, probably most of the people listening are Christian or Catholic. Um, and we have them to thank for it, but the job doesn't end there. It's, it's up to us to keep going as far as continuing to spread that kingdom and continuing to, you know, work on the conversion of our own hearts, but also the conversion of the hearts of the people around us and people we love. So, you know, I would encourage everybody to, to take the advice that they gave about evangelization at the end there to heart as forward. That's great. Uh, Father James, going to come back to you. It was awesome having you on. Uh, like I said, it's been a while, but you know we're going to keep it going, and we hope to have you on soon again. Um, so I'd love to hear your final words for tonight. Yeah, I love, I love Long Beach. I love, uh, I love coming down and visiting. I love St. Mary's and everything you guys do. Uh, it's a fun place to be. And it, you know, uh, going with Sean was talking about, you, you know, following Jesus is fun. and. Uh, and trying to get people, you know, to realize that the evangel uh, like evangelizing and following him, is really the greatest joy that you'll ever have. So, um, thanks for what you guys do, and thanks for having me. All right, um, my quick final words. Uh, very funny during Christmas, 
we, we always talk about don't be afraid to say Merry Christmas, right? Everybody's uh, always saying Happy Holidays. But I, I always say don't be afraid to say Merry Christmas. Uh, a couple of years ago, my neighbor's son, uh, I said Happy Easter, and he responded, he is risen. And, you know, um, that's that's my Merry Christmas <laughs> for, for the Easter season. It's, it's not being afraid to, to s- tell people Happy Easter. Uh, he is risen because, you know, that's the best news um, that, that we could ever hear. Um, so he is risen. Happy Easter to everybody. And uh, I'm going to go to Father Brian for your final words. Yeah, maybe just, uh, there's one holiday, the most important. Here's another one, a little more secular, but, but real important. And it's Thanksgiving. Um, yeah, maybe just in the, in the midst of all of this, where it's, it is so easy to, to, to recognize and be reminded of the difficulty, um, also, just try to find those areas of, uh, of gratitude. I mean, even this, kind of what we're doing here tonight, um, what you guys do, what you guys put into it. Joe, you work on all the behind-the-scenes stuff, and uh, Lorenz and uh, Sean, and then James having you here is great. So, um, yeah, maybe just to, to, be, to be realistic and honest about it. Mean, I don't think we should be putting this happy face forward all the time, 24-7, because it's not all happy. I mean, it's, there's a lot, there's more than a little frustrated and to, to be struggling and hurting and scared and anxious. But, um, but in the midst of that or through that, to also find, uh, that which we should be grateful for, which is, I guess, you know, God's great people and God's grace. Thank you, Father. Um, if you like tonight's conversation, uh, this this stream is obviously going to stay on the page. Feel free to share it onto your own personal page. Uh, share it in- to individuals um, for more virtual masses, holy hours, and obviously this podcast. You can go to beachcatholic.com slash TV. Um, if you're watching on Facebook, you know it's facebook.com slash St. Mary of the Isle. Um, so, Father, if you want to close us out on prayer. Sure. In the name of the Father. Oh, oh, me? Yeah, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Lord God, we ask you to, uh, to bless us all. Certainly those who are going through the most difficult of all of this, those who are, who are presently sick and struggling, um, especially those who are very frightened and alone, which is, I guess, most. For all those who uh, love those people and can't be with them, bless them. Continue to to pray for and be grateful in prayer for the just amazing healthcare people for all that they've been doing. Let's pray for our church that in these days that, uh, that we be what we should be, that we be present and a voice of hope and a, and a light to those who are struggling. Um, pray for our country and our leaders and for all that the, um, for all who need, for all who need God's help. We ask all of this through Christ our Lord. Amen. All right. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Uh, And on behalf of all of us here at Beach Catholic, happy Easter and God bless. Thanks, guys.